Oh, Lord, these boys are handsome. This is the Dynasty Football Life Podcast. Good evening, listeners, to our Dynasty Football Life podcast. Jay, Ty, and Nikolai are here to speaketh on all things Dynasty football related. How's everyone doing this evening? Talk to me. I'm well, David. Thank you. Wonderful. Yeah, doing pretty good. Nick, happy, happy to see you, Dave. Happy to see you and all of you. Very kind. But you said and the first. listener, and the listener, of course. The listener. <laughs> <laughs> aim, aim higher, Nick. We, we, we make it for all you, right. Kevin. <laughs> Uh, actually, so it has appeared that we have filled all our spots in our Dynasty Lister League. Uh, we had two spots that went missing, but luckily we found them. Good job, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I'll just give you a hard time. I, I was bored. <laughs> I'm like, I have some fun with this. I did, I did message you earlier those exact words. So. <laughs> I told you Dave's a massive dick for spelling and grammar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is true. Uh, anything you guys want to add for that about our uh, listener league before we move on to our episode? Other than it's June 7th at 7 p.m. Standard Eastern Time. That would be 4 o'clock Pacific Time. And that would be 1 a.m. in uh, Morocco, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> to, our li- to our listeners in Marrakesh. Uh, actually, it's, it'll be 7 a.m. in Indonesia. I'll tell you that. That's a fact. Let's not get into that. So anything, fellas? I think I think what we're going to do is it's going it's to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a chat open. But I'm also going to set it a, like a Zoom link. If anybody wants to join us on camera or off camera just for audio, then uh, that'll be open as well. Cool. Zoom. So I have to get Zoom. Zoom. Zoom a loom. You don't need the program. It's really easy. You just click the link and it opens in a browser. Oh, so I can handle that. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, excellent. Uh, before we start, does anyone have to use the bathroom before we start? Nope. I'm gonna wait till about halfway through and things really start halfway to get through? going. Yeah, that's right. Rolling. Okay, my, we'll my usual, my usual program here. Usual <laughs> routine. All right. Well, let's move on to our topic for this episode, in which we've coined the Bubble Boy episode. Rest assured, though, no moops here. Moors, so, it's Moors. <laughs> Good Seinfeld reference. Uh, Jay, knowing how I feel about your explanations, would you be a doll? explain our bubble boy episode well i think if you've watched seinfeld you know what a bubble boy is and it's a it's a boy with a weakened immune system inside <laughs> of a bubble and he doesn't like playing games with george but in reality it's players that are on the bubble um whether or not they're on the bubble to, to uh, out of mediocrity into stardom or they're on the bubble and they're heading down 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 like someone pierced their bubble you don't want some do people that. maybe maybe had not on the bubble of becoming stars. We can talk a few of those guys. Yep. It's really just kind of an excuse to talk about a bunch of different players and throw in a Seinfeld reference. Yeah. <laughs> I like a little structure to our episodes, but uh, I think this one is just going to be kind of fun because players that maybe you know you're thinking about drafting coming up in your drafts, or players that you may be thinking about skipping on. Yeah, these are some names I, I I've seen a lot of names that we haven't talked about, so I'm excited to hear uh, you guys talk about these guys. There's a few familiar uh, familiar names, but that uh, that's good too. They should be familiar, so, Dave. You put them in there. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started in here. I'm not again. Uh, I think uh, Jake and are are you in charge of pronouncing this guy's name? Did we just uh, decide on that, or can Nick can you? I handle? think it's Dar Agunbowale. Is that? I think I think you nailed it. Yeah, you got it. Buddy. I nailed it. That's it. Is he Nigerian? That would make sense. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because we yeah lots of Nigerian, Nigerian players in the NFL, so that would make sense. Yeah, 
Uh, we're going to talk about him and Raymond and Calais. I don't, geez, I don't even think I said that right. I feel terrible. <laughs> Calais? Calais? Like, like Calais Campbell. It's not spelled Calais. That's okay. All right. Well, here are some PPR finishes uh, for third down running backs in New England with T. Brady. That's Tom Brady for the past seven years. We have uh, 2019. We have White, of course, at uh, number 18. 2018, White was seventh. Uh, 2017, uh, Deion Lewis. 15th and then white again in 2016 at 26 2015 white at 39 and good old shane vereen if you can remember that far back the old slugger uh was number uh ranked 20th in ppr in 2014 so he's got his average adp what is 72 or just 72 i just looked it up actually that's for that's for, that's, for, that that, that's, for that's just for running backs for uh dare oh well so that's not overall. That's his running back ADP right now. So, I mean, those numbers you look at, Dave, that you pointed out, I mean, Tom Brady feeds, you know, the third down guy. I mean, Dare had that role last year um, with Tampa Bay. Is he going to have it this year? I don't know. I mean, it could be Vaughn. It could be Ronald Jones. But with an ADP of 72, I'm willing to spend a, a ticket on Dare and see if that maybe he hits. I think it's, uh, it's worthwhile because we can see that, you know, you know, White and, Vereen and all those Dion Lewis were fantasy relevant. So, and I think too, like, uh, like it's you're not you're not risking anything for this guy, but could, Tom Brady's never had a receiving core like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd expect those numbers to repeat, but he's definitely worth a uh, worth a shot on. Yeah, and uh, Ray McClays. I mean, he's kind of intriguing because of his speed, and they get the third best uh, forty time at the combine. But he's a tiny little guy, five eight, five nine. If he does his stretches. No, he's petite. Pounds. He's petite. He's a spit of a man. <laughs> um, he didn't catch the ball a lot in Louisiana. Ten receptions last year for 67 yards. But he does have a really good explosiveness potential. And he could actually work his way into somewhat of a pass-catching role. But I, I really do expect it's it's mostly going to fall on Bond, maybe uh, maybe Jones a bit. I don't know if either of these guys are you know, super likely to hit. But where you're getting them, yeah, there's some upside. You're absolutely right. They're absolutely right. And next on the list, who might have some upside, maybe. Uh, his name is Devin Funchess. I think we all know him normally as a Carolina Ooh. Panther. He is no longer. He's in Green Bay, um, Wisconsin. Uh, it'll be a mix of targets with Lazard, uh, MBS, Scantling, uh, Kumaru. He's someone new to Kumaru. the to the world. Um, of course, obviously behind Devontae Adams. So this certainly has an opportunity. So, Nick, what do you uh, we got, Devin? How do you feel about this guy? Well, listen, I mean, the the wide receiver competition, you know, after Adams is wide open. And, you know, in 2017, Funches finishes the WR21, averaging 10.2 fantasy points per game. I mean, he was terrible in 2018, but he was injured all of last year. So, I mean, for him, he's either going to hit and he's going to maybe give you some WR3 potential, weekly potential. Or he's just going to fade out of the league. I just don't see any in between with him. He's either going to hit or he's going to be uh, gone. Makes sense. I drafted him when he when I first came in the league there, and didn't work out too well. But no, I talk about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I think I Alan, Alan, Alan Lazard though. I think is the other guy on that roster that's a bit intriguing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't love him. He's better. I think he's better as an like an occasional downfield threat. I don't think he's a number two on any team, other than Green Bay this year. Uh, he's second most productive receiver. I mean, that's, that's saying something, but it's not saying a whole lot. He went 35 for 477 and three during the regular season campaign, three and 36 in the postseason, five catches twice, 100 yards once. So, what do you mean? 
Well, you mean you'll be the number three behind Justin Jefferson, right? Oh, they didn't draft him. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hey, weird. <laughs> maybe maybe Jordan Love is like a sleeper wide receiver, and he's gonna go out there and catch some balls. Uh, yeah, I can see Lazard step. I mean, someone can step up in the number two there, so it's hard to say who's gonna be, but uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, one of those two great, great, great players there. One of them two. <laughs> one of those two guys. That's it. All right, next. Uh, there's a guy named Russell Gage. And for those who don't know, um, his name is Russell Gage. Um, <laughs> he proved he could be counted on last season if needed. He had 48 targets in the final six weeks. Uh, Ty, you know about this guy. You've heard of him. Right? Yeah, I had him in uh, a PPR league at the end of last year. He was, he was valuable enough for stretches. Small receiver, but he does have Matt Ryan's trust now. And there are 139 vacated targets in the loss of Hooper and Sanu last year. Austin Hooper had 97 targets. So that's going to have to be filled. I don't know. I don't think Hayden Hurst comes close to 100 targets there. No, oh. so, there so there will be some work, and I think Gage is a guy that will get in there, you know, like a slot role. He's a slot, he's a slot receiver, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. he's, he's not going to win anybody any dynasty championships, but he might be a guy you can throw in there, especially if there's an injury in Atlanta. Yeah, it's not a bad spot being number three there. You've got the good coverage in there, guys. Get someone over the slot. Boom. And 48 targets over the last six weeks speaks. Yeah, well, that's almost that plays. That would play over 100 for the season. More than that, actually. Played a full season, if my math is correct. But a, but a, Eight targets won't. a week, man. I, I don't see it necessarily happening, but I mean. No. You know, he did, but he's worth mentioning. He's worth mentioning. There's some hold value there, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was Calvin really hurt. He, he looked all right, but. Yeah, so he could uh, he could move up in tier. He could be he could be relevant. So look, uh, keep your eyes on him. Uh, Paris Campbell? Question mark. Only a sophomore, but likely a bit buried on the depth chart now with uh, with our Michael Pittman Jr. selection. So that I think bumps him down a notch. Uh, is he already headed toward a make or break situation? You guys think? No, I don't think so. he's a second. He's a second year wide receiver. He was drafted. A lot of people were really excited about him because they wanted to see him play with Andrew Luck. But at the end of the day, Michael Pittman is not the same type of wide receiver. Paris Campbell is more of a burner. I think him and T.Y. are kind of competing for targets less than he is with Michael Pittman. I, I still like Paris Campbell. I just You're not going to ever get the value I think you spent last year taking him as a rookie, but I think he's still a guy that you definitely want to hold on to or, or draft later in the draft for sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. I was a little excited about him, but are uh, you guys excited for Paris? He's got a great is name. This, yeah. It rookie is. Drafts. Two hours, I like that. Rookie yeah. drafts last year, I remember him going ahead of like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf and stuff. So if you invested in him early, I mean, that sucks. Okay. Yeah, I thought I remembered something like that happening. He was supposed to be really big. We talked about a lot of him early in our uh, podcast, I think, too. His name yeah. popped up a few times. But well, After uh, Andrew Luck retired, you were getting him for cheaper. So, you know. Yeah. But uh, who knows? Yeah, he's young. He's, yeah, he's young. Um, I'm more interested. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not. John Roche. <laughs> uh, his current ADP is just shy of 200. At the 197 mark, he's a WR82. Is that his actual number on the field, or is he actually WR82? I have no, I have no idea what his number is. I think he's number 11. I think on the field, maybe. Uh, let's see if he can work up to himself to number 11. And why I thought he was here? number IR on the field. <laughs> <laughs> number, I don't give a fuck on the field. Uh, listen, guys, he's going to be a, he's going to be a third year breakout. We all know it. We all know it. We could all feel it. No. I'm okay, no, we don't all feel no. okay. I mean, what, what do you feel then? I don't care. About I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, are, we're kind of hoping for a third year breakout. I mean, there is some data that says that wide receivers often don't break out to the third year, but the problem with John Ross is he can't catch the football, and no. that's my biggest issue with him. He's he's an athlete, not a football player. Mm -hmm. But I mean, look at his ADP there. Maybe something the light turns on with Burrow and it, and it clicks. I don't know, but. 
he's another guy that's either going to be relevant or he's going to be gone. He's he's, he's, a, he's a bad Marquise Goodwin or yeah. most Ugh. likely the next foot oh. door set. Yeah. <laughs> but Goodwin's bad. I think it's <laughs> well, he's better than John Ross. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. And Ross did have those like great two or three weeks last year. Well, you just made my decision easy on that because I I own Marquise Goodwin in a couple of leagues, and well, I dropped him for John Ross. If you're dropping somebody in a dynasty league, he's got to be really bad. Yep. Right. But it's not a dynasty league we're in, and I still drop. Anyways, uh, I want to touch on the next guy, Malcolm Brown. I think we all love him. He's great. Uh, but he <laughs> is the guy. You, just you, Dave. It might be maybe just me, but he was the guy that they give the ball to uh, when they wouldn't let Gurley get the ball. It was more of a, a thing there. Uh, if they don't resolve the Henderson issue, which there certainly is something about him not getting the ball, because uh, uh, he's got talent apparently. A lot of people like him, but they're not giving him the ball. He might be the starter, so there might be some volume early, assuming they just don't uh, give Akers a heavy load early on. Uh, then I would quickly move on. So you might get some points three for the first three or four weeks, and then once Akers gets more comfortable, or the day, or they go with Henderson. Again, there's major question marks in that uh, backfield. Um Anyways, he won't be relevant for long. So you might feel the guy, you could, if he's sitting on your bench, he's going to start for the first couple of weeks. Add him to a trade, maybe. Possible. And unleash him. Get rid of him. Uh, it's just a tiny window for that guy. Like a drive through size window for that fella. It's all dependent on what the Rams do in the backfield. So lots of question marks. I'm just here to raise awareness to the Rams <laughs> running back situation there. Um, next up, uh, I think we have a different kind of uh, group here, if I'm not mistaken. These are more potential starters. Yeah, starters flex. Yeah, so not guys that, like the guys we were just talking about, which are a little bit more buried on your bench that might have might get an opportunity to start. These guys are possible week after week starters. And These we're guys are like either like broken supercars at rock bottom pricing, or they're yeah. they're players that could take the next step. Speaking of broken, let's start this right off with Darius Guys. That's where I got uh, the idea from. That's where the analogy <laughs> came from. Set, set that up for me. Um, by by the way, Dave, he just twisted his ankle when you announced his name. Sorry, buddy. Uh, I mean, Washington hasn't had an RB1 in fantasy since Alfred Morris Ew. in 2012. Ouch. That's the longest current drought. Uh, can it happen with Geis? That's what I want to know. That's what I'm here to talk about. I like Geis. I think, he's, I think he still has a ton of talent. I just don't love the you know, the, the backlog of running backs in that, in that system. And I think they had to, cause with him and Bryce love, those are two guys that, you know, have a, they're supremely talented, but they're always injured. And then guys did look great in the five games. He actually played last year, 245 rushing yards, 5.8 yards per carry, seven receptions for 79 yards and three TDs, two of which are rushing. But I think the key thing is what's Gibson's role going to be. Ron Rivera recently said he has a Christian McCaffrey like skill set. coach speak Ty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely coach speak. The biggest Antonio Gibson uh, yeah. researcher on the team. I, I do love Antonio Gibson. I, I don't know how he's going to be used. I don't know if he's going to be more of a receiving role. If he is, maybe that takes away from uh, Scary Terry a bit. We'll see. I, I'm sure he'll get the ball, though. I'm sure he'll get some touches. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think anybody kind of betting on Antonio Gibson in a redraft league this year, it's probably fool's gold. But I think it's enough that it makes things a bit cloudy for Darius Geis, and Gibson still has some dynasty value. I think it's safe to say, yeah, Gibson will touch the ball a lot. I think he'll get some touches. And like, if you look at what he did in uh, college last year, he had 71 touches, 1,104 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Let's compare that to Jerry Judy 78 touches, 1,168 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Wow. Like, he was one of the most efficient college players 
like in the country last year. I'm really Aussies. interested. Really interested yeah. to see how they use him, Ty. Yeah. Yes, be, I agree. Just putting that name with it, you know. Like you put Judy and him in the same conversation. Like that sparks an interest in uh, Davy Boy here. I'm gonna make up an analogy for him, and this is just off the cuff. I've never heard it anywhere before. I guarantee I'm gonna t- I'm gonna trademark this. But is he like a Swiss Army knife? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we may, we we make may so much money. Oh really? Shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think the the Look, issue with the Washington backfield is there's like five or six guys that you could potentially invest in that may or may not go off, and and that's the issue is figuring out who who it's gonna be. Yeah. And you know what? I love Antonio Gibson, but he's going fairly high. That He's got some fans out there. I don't know if I'm going to get that many shares in uh, in a startup league of them. Yeah. yeah as much as I like him, I'll probably just take Bryce Love extremely late and see what happens. Yeah. A little too pricey. I think, well, I remember one year I had, I think, throughout the year, I think it was two years ago, I had five different Redskins running backs at one, at one point or another on my team. Oh, you must have won. Like, no, I <laughs> don't think so. <laughs> Thompson was okay. Unless it was uh, 2012 and you had Alfred Morris, then no, yeah, exactly. Then no, you're kind of fucked. It was that Perine guy, it was Perine or Samaj P. Ryan, and then Thompson. And there's another guy that I can't even think of his name. It was there too, but uh, yeah, it was last place. All right, uh, we're gonna t- we're gonna continue with Redskins because uh, the, the whole team's up. on the bubble, really. Uh, they are. They are on the bubble. That's uh, these are facts, guys. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, uh, he maybe possibly could emerge as a legit. QB2 in fantasy, perhaps. That's some great, pretty good value there. Nick, I think you're his biggest fan. I am absolutely his biggest fan. I think he's, the guy gets way too much hate. I mean, he's going as QB35. I looked it up today as ADP35. So that's after Jalen Hurts and Jared Stidham right now in Dynasty Leagues. That's crazy to me. He's a guy that, you know, was probably going to be starting there unless he screws it up or you know, Ron Rivera brings in Cam Newton. That's the only way I see that he's not starting next year. And I mean, he played pretty good down the stretch last year. They changed that entire offense. They got better weapons around him. I see him taking a step. I just think he gets too much hate right now. He's, he's a nice buy way down on his ADP. And he's super, he's young. like the lowest ADP, yeah, lowest ADP for a finding quarterback for a starting quarterback. Yeah. He's super young. Yeah. And I like him because he's chubby. Yeah. And I like how Nick said he might take a step. He's like, it'll be a slow step. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. He might get sacked halfway through it, but he'll get there. <laughs> I didn't say if it was forwards or backwards step. I said he's taking some sort of step. That's Seth. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't he have the uh, the vaunted Kyle Allen behind him right now, though? Oh, yes. Yeah. He was pretty amazing last year. Yeah. You know what? Sadly, he was actually startable. Probably, okay. he, was, he was better he was than Haskins okay. last year early. He was. Better better place, yeah. though. Was he, he was better situation. Haskins' yeah. ceiling yeah. is infinitely higher, yeah. though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely higher, yeah. doesn't even have a – there's no roof there. It's, you can't even see it. It's up in the clouds. I mean, the one thing with Haskins as well, if you think back, the guy's still raw. He basically was a one-year starter at Ohio State and yeah. then declared. So yeah. he's very raw. He's going to take some time. People are writing him off way too early. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree 96%. All right, next guy on the list, uh, which uh, I think was uh, Derek Carr. Yeah, it Derek was. Carr. Listen. Listen, a, I mean, there's a lot on him right here. Go ahead. This, this, this is 100% a make or break year for Derek Carr. Yes. I mean, they they brought in Mariota. That tells you that they're not happy with the quarterback situation. I mean, Gruden upgraded the weapons around him. If he doesn't take the next step, he's going to be forever like the next backup quarterback that floats around the NFL. It has to happen this year or he's, he's gonna gone. Be, he's gonna be a I, will, I will say I do actually like Mariota as a buy in Superflex. Yeah. I think there's a chance that he comes in and does the exact same thing that happened to Mariota last year with Ryan yeah. Tannehill. 
You can hey. end up the starter at the end of the year and you get it for nothing. Yeah, that is, that's yeah, if you're looking for quarterback out. depth. And he's not bad for fantasy, Mariota, really. He's not he's probably better in okay. fantasy than he in, than he is as a real quarterback. I don't think Mariota's actually sure. been used properly since he came in the NFL. I mean, yeah. when he was back with Chip Kelly back, I think it was did he come out of Oregon at the time? Yeah, his duck. I mean, he he was running all over the place. Like he was who Ryan Tannehill kind of was that replaced them. I mean, running all over the place. The issue with him is he has no accuracy and he can't throw the ball. So that's a bit of an issue. But I think that's important for a quarterback. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think it is. But I mean, uh, if John uh, Ross doesn't have to catch the ball to be a wide receiver, yeah. he's at a Touche. I'm going to read uh, the next guy. I'm going to read some stuff and you're going to tell me who I'm talking about. Uh, since 2012, only five rookie wide receivers have passed 11 fantasy points per game with a third round draft pedigree or lower. 2012 was T.Y. Hilton. 2013 was Keenan Allen. 2016, Tyreek Hill. 2019, we have two guys, Terry McLaurin and this other guy I'm talking about. Any guesses? That's from that's a Garrett Price tweet. And it's Darius oh, it, Slayton. It is Slayton. Because it's written yes. in the doc. Uh, there you go. Let's <laughs> <laughs> give credit where credit's due. Uh, I, that's why I was giving Garrett Price from Dynasty Nerds the credit because you read it uh, as if he was your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's worried about stealing his credit. He's doing no. plenty well. In I the, think he's doing okay. In the, in the, in the Dynasty, Dynasty world. Yeah, they're doing, uh, they, do, well, they do okay, I think. Who else is doing well is Darius Slayton. Uh, and I think he is in a great spot. I think Golden Tate, I think, is going to be, what, 32 next year? Or yeah. this year? Yes, I don't know. Uh, and you know how I feel about 32 year old, 32 year old wide receivers, uh, on a professional level, anyway, not a personal level. Uh, so I think Slayton, has a, <laughs> Slayton has a real chance. Mm-hmm. That's why I like, I don't like old people who are gingers. So I don't like myself. All right. <laughs> Slayton has a real chance uh, to build chemistry with Daniel Jones. I think we already saw it last year. Yeah. He did take advantage of some injuries for sure. I'm not going to argue that, but what I think he did do is took advantage of it and prove he can catch mm-hmm. the ball. It's like the opposite of John Ross. He made some good contested catches from what I saw. And I think footage. I think Dave, oh. like speaking of giving credit where credit's due, I don't know what episode it is. I'm going to have to look back and maybe I'll tweet it out. But I think it was like episode six or something last year where you were all over Darius Slayton. And we kind of joked about it. But I think <laughs> he, he had the opportunity with vacated targets. He took it and literally ran with it. And he had yep. a lot more talent than I thought he did. And I think Dave was, yep. he w- may not have been the first person on Darius Slayton, but he definitely wasn't uh, fifth. It wasn't first, the per, first person yeah. that I know of. That's for sure. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. It started out as a yeah, okay, Dave. You take your stuff, buddy. And then he kind of was like, <laughs> like, oh, we'll give him his credit where it's due. And now it's like, oh shit, he was onto something there. Yeah. Well, I think it helps having a young quarterback you can build that rapport with, and then you guys are kind of like on, you're going together, like you're both kind of getting better together. I think that helps having Absolutely. Uh, trust. Trust. That. Trust means a lot in a relationship between quarterback and relationships, and your wife and loved loved ones and family. But uh, I like Daniel Jones too. Uh, on the side note, I'm I'm he's one of the guys I, I'm really excited about as a quarterback in that position. But, we all really uh, like Daniel Jones. I think I think we do. Yeah, yeah. we're we're pretty high on him. I think yeah. another person that we're all very high on. And no, we're not. I think Jay <laughs> Daryl Henderson. I have a hidden agenda to talk about Rams running backs. Actually, <laughs> um, but people, there are people that were high on this fellow last year. I, I don't. I, I wasn't either. I mean, I was like, I thought I, I thought I was supposed to draft him. Why is he up here in ADP? I don't know what's going on here. I didn't see it. But maybe people uh, foresaw the departure of Gurley coming up. I mean, I love Akers, but there's a chance did, to yeah. ease him into the offense like an old man to a hot bath. So it might be nice and slow with him. <laughs> is, that, is that how you take your baths, Dave? 
Oh yeah, I, I, I get the last time. Do, do you have one of those tubs that have a door that opens, then you sit in and start running the water? No, my parents had a jacuzzi though. That was great. Oh, there you go. Uh, but Henderson might be a viable starter uh, option, and some someone's got to start in that in that running back position. TDs are up for grabs. Gurley is gone. Rams clearly have an issue with giving him the ball last year. So if that issue clears up like a minor skin irritation or something like that, there is something to owning this guy with the mentality that he will start in your lineup, get some touchdowns. He could be putting up 12 to 13 points a game. So it is viable, but, I mean, you can't support everybody in that backfield. Malcolm Brown, they like him for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, uh, anyways, so uh, if they ride, uh, whoever gets hot in that backfield, maybe Akers comes out hot and they give him the ball more, and then he just takes over the backfield from week two or three. Who knows? I think – I think. My, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ty. No, no, you go ahead, Jay. I was gonna say that I think when it comes to the Rams like running game, I, I'm I'm not gonna draft three of these guys to see who turns out. All my chips are on Acres. I've been really high at him since we've been doing our rookie rankings and after the draft. I am putting my chips on Acres. I don't give a shit about Daryl Henderson or Brown. I might draft one of them, but I don't mm-hmm. know which yet. I, I, at this scenario, it, it's gonna be tough if I'm drafting today. But if I'm drafting, you know, like some people do draft when the preseason's already kind of happened. This year it might be a bit different. But it'd be interesting so, to Jay, see who I'll ends just, up with that, too. I'll just give you Daryl Henderson's current running back ADP, and you tell me if you're going to take him there. So he's sitting at number 41. No. The five guys that are behind him are James White, Matt Breda, Philip Lindsay, Anthony McFarlane, and Josh Kelly. Absolutely not. Those are, some interesting, those are interesting names. To, yeah, that's, yeah. Makes, that's interesting. I'm not going to yeah, anywhere I, that. I don't think yeah. I would either, but I can see why someone would, just in the, yeah. if you're not a Cam Akers believer. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a situation Absolutely. that's kind of similar to the Tampa Bay situation, right? Like with Vaughn and Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones yeah. is actually about only five spots ahead of Henderson at this point. Someone's going to grab that spot. I don't think it's going to be Henderson. But I can understand why people are rolling the dice on him, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Ronald Jones might be a better buy, actually, at that value. And I'm not a Ronald Jones fan. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely a better buy, I think. Than I'd rather, I'd rather like invest in Malcolm Brown and think. Probably thinking you're thinking the same thing there, Jay. Yeah, I'm with yeah. Jay too. I love, I love Acres, and I. This is just. I'm trying to bring myself down a bit by talking about these guys because I think I'm a little too excited for Acres. Like he's not, he's not Todd Gurley. He's not going to get him in there and 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 get the, that kind of production that Todd Gurley got early in his career before uh, things didn't go so well. But yeah, it's interesting to see. I do love Acres. I have him ranked. I have him ranked uh, way too high. Still, that's okay though. It's okay. It just means I'm no, taking. You put him your up. stamp on a guy and you take him. That's right. Stamp, gonna, stand behind your man, Dave. Yeah, that's gonna own the whole back. I am gonna own this whole back. That's what I'll do. Let's hold the whole Rams team. All right, guys, let's move on to our next section. Uh, these are on the bubble fantasy stats. Players that oh, are already starters that many in the fantasy community think will become stars of dynasty building blocks, foundations. That have been stars and likely to fall, um, or sorry, or or players that have been stars that are likely to fall to a previous tier, like your Julio Jones, etc. Just kidding. Um, so this is going to be some interesting. These there's going to be some names here we definitely recognize, and we're going to start right off with a, a, a very recognizable name of Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Last time the Eagles had an RB one in fantasy was Lashawn McCoy in 2014. Will Sanders hit that? Uh, any worry about them adding a veteran and Doug Peterson's infamous running back by committee approach? Have you seen Blunt in there and like three or four guys at JE? Uh, so, yeah, so there's an argument there for running back by committee. I, I love Miles Sanders. I think he's a fantastic asset to pick up this year. But I think Ty 
did a great job kind of throwing in some stats here and talking about RBBC. So I think we should kick this to Ty because this is uh, this is kind of his guy here. To you, good sir. All right. Yeah, I do love Miles Sanders, and I really don't buy the running back by committee argument. I know Doug Peterson is known for that, so that narrative is not crazy. But I think a lot of coaches have been known for that until they get a guy where they're not able to be known for that anymore. Like an ex- One example I have here is Ron Rivera. From 2011 to 2017, he used the RBBC with Jonathan Stewart when he was actually healthy, D'Angelo Williams, Mike Tolbert. And all that kind of went out the window when they drafted Christian McCaffrey. You'd be silly mm-hmm. to keep that going with McCaffrey. I don't think Miles Sanders is on the level of Christian McCaffrey, but he definitely has that three-down ability. And he was fairly lightly used in college, too. So I think he can hold up to it. Yeah. No question. Yeah, I'm excited for this guy. I'm kind of bought into him now a little bit. I have no, I don't own any shares in him. I'd like to. Well, if you're going to own him, you're probably taking him in the first or second round of a Superflex. Well, second round probably in a Superflex. I think second round, yeah. He, well, we'll find out soon. It, yeah. We didn't have the biggest <laughs> sample size for him because he didn't start all 16 games. But there's a good tweet uh, from Thomas R. Peterson at Thomas RP 93 on Twitter. Miles Sanders rookie season, 4.6 yards per carry, seventh in the league, tied with Saquon Barkley. 3.3 yards per carry after contact, seventh in the NFL, and 9.8 yards per catch, which is fifth in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. Extremely yeah, efficient. Did, yeah, and yeah. I did a little more work past that too. If you look at the numbers that he had last season, if you look at his efficiency, and you give him a few more touches. So if we say we take him from 179 rushes last season, we give him, say, 240, which would have been 15th in the NFL last season behind guys like Carlos Hyde, Sony Michelle, Dave Montgomery, so nothing Ew. crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you give him that, that would have put him at 1,104 yards, add a couple of rushing touchdowns, so he only had the three, give him five rushing touchdowns, keep the exact same receiving numbers, and all of a sudden he's gone from RB15 to RB8. And I think that's actually a fairly reasonable projection for him. Very reasonable. Yeah, you're a reasonable man, Ty. I like that. I like the way you're thinking on that one. You even kept the receiving numbers as the same, so I like that. You could do better there, too. Yeah. And even even per Rob Norton on Twitter at Norton0723, Miles Sanders is one of the only is one of only eight players in NFL history to have 800-plus rushing yards, 500-plus receiving yards, and 50-plus receptions before turning 23 years old. The others, Edron James had two, Ooh, Lev wow. Bell and Ray Rice. Sean McCoy. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. Sorry, not Sean McCoy. Saquon Barkley, Marshall Falk, Christian McCaffrey, and LeSean McCoy at the end. LeSean. Edger James. I remember that guy. Cool. Times two. Hall, Times two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was that, that is, that's yeah. a pretty exclusive list right there. That's, that's, uh, that's a pretty looking list. Yeah, uh, so what, what we're saying is that Miles Sanders is going to be a Hall of Famer, so. <laughs> that's exactly what it is, exactly. Yeah, he's either going to be a Hall of Famer or commit some sort of atrocity in an elevator. There's a, what episode, okay, we were from episode 31. Okay, which, Hall of Hopefully Fame. Hall of Famer. Refer to this episode 31 when he hits the Hall of Fame. Refer to this. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next guy who may not lay, may not make the Hall of Fame, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Who really knows? It's Kenyon Drake. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm just going to read out his 16-game projection with Arizona. That's 246 carries, 1286 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, 56 receptions uh, with 142 receiving yards, uh, 200, basically 270 fantasy points in half PPR. That would have been a W, sorry, WRB5 in 2019. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So I think a lot of guys are sleeping on this guy, including myself. I think I, I, I'm kind of I'm a bit concerned about him in Dynasty. I'm really excited about him in redraft, but I do think he is a realistic threat to potentially finish as a top, definitely a, an RB one. But could he be a top five potentially? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, the guy's going to be 27 this year, but Miami, oh, fuck, fuck Miami and Adam Gase. And I mean, I, I like the way they're moving now, but he was not used that much in this, what, three and a half seasons as a Dolphin. Even in his last year there, he went six games, two games started, 47 carries. Yeah. In, in Arizona, in two more games, he started all eight, 123 attempts. Like that, that is that is insane when you look at how underused he was there. Now, there's a difference in O line, there's a difference in, in coaching philosophy and all that stuff. But this is a guy with with actual talent that has been criminally underused. And we've seen guys that you know didn't have a lot of tread in the tires that uh, had a bit of a, a renaissance later in their career. And I hope he's one of them. Well, you just multiplied by two, didn't you? You just multiplied his numbers by two. Smart. I am too smart. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. That was an easy projection. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. you played eight I, games. I don't work hard, Dave. I work smart. <laughs> I, I am all over Kenyon Drake. I mean, I think we have a lot of those numbers, but like from week nine on, like when he really took over the backfield, he was RB number four for the rest of the year yep. at, at week nine when he really took over the Arizona backfield. So Great. if he's going to continue with that backfield, and that's, that's lightning in a bottle right there. So his projection of being RB5 is actually true if you look at that part of the season. That's going to yeah, be a really it. fun team to watch this year, too. I'm, oh, I've never been a Carlos fan, but, I mean, this year is going to be – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tune into more of their games than I ever have, for sure. Now's the mm-hmm. time. I'm a, I'm a Diamondbacks fan all of a sudden for no reason. So maybe I'll be an Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. They have fans? They have a fan or two. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, Brandon Webb still pitch for them? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm uh, using him in MLB the show. He's not in my starting rotation. No. I've never heard of him. The extra person. <laughs> All right. Who is a person? baseball? This guy is real. This is a football. Pro- sorry for that. Uh, AJ Brownskis. Uh, AJ Brown. Uh, per PFF, uh, highest yards per route last season. And I'll just really touch on this real quick, and you guys can talk about him. Uh, number one, Michael Thomas, of course, 2.88. Come on, he's the best. Uh, Stefan Diggs, 2.69. Bills. Uh, AJ Brown, there he is right there at 2.67, number three, ahead of guys like Tyreek Hill at 2.45, and obviously ahead of Julio Jones at 2.44. So, but he will need to remain efficient in order to be a top-tier fantasy producer in this offense anyways. Is that correct to say? Am I right there? Probably it's in the dock. Probably, yeah. I didn't, I didn't write it either. <laughs> I'm, only right, I'm only right when someone else writes it. That's yeah. when I'm right. I would say it's probably right. That's why I wrote it. He <laughs> will need to remain efficient. And I think he can actually maintain some of that efficiency. He's actually, you know, at the end of the last year, we saw his snap count increase a lot. First eight games, 53% of snaps, last eight, 84. So he's going to be on the field a lot more this year. My only kind of question is, you know, what happens with Ryan Tannehill? Can Tannehill remain the same type of quarterback he was last year? Because Tannehill last season was near the top of most, well, a lot of metrics anyway. In efficiency, he had a 7.7 touchdown percentage, whereas anything over you know 5.96 is usually pretty good. I don't know if that's repeatable for Tannehill. So we'll have to see how that works with AJ Brown, especially with this being kind of a run-first team. I'm going to say yes. I think he's another player that came out of Miami under a bad system with some bad coaching, and Tannehill was considered to be a good potential quarterback before he was drafted. I'm 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 kind of in on Tennessee this year. I mean, they, they made it pretty far, and uh, I do like I do like Mike Vrabel's system. I I like his son is uh, some weird clothes as we saw through the draft. <laughs> you know. That was scary. Mike Vrabel looks like he can still play in the NFL. Yeah, and his son looks yeah. like he'd be at a insane clown posse show or something. <laughs> <laughs> Juggle for, for life. life. 
No, but I think even if Tannehill does drop down to a more reasonable, like 5.7, 5.5 sort of touchdown percentage, I don't think that's going to kill A.J. Brown because he's going to see a lot more snaps and targets. Absolutely. He, it's not like he like, made his way through all And he doesn't have to play with Marcus Mariota to start the season. That's a yeah. win right there. there I mean, go. what's crazy about A.J. Brown, he, he had all those touchdowns and all those re- receiving yards, and he only had 52 receptions last year. That's crazy to me. He's so yeah. efficient. Yeah. Efficiency, I think, as you'll see, is a good thing. And uh, a, a gateway to a good career, efficiency. That's all I got to say about efficiency. <laughs> I, I, it kind of sounded like you were gonna, you're gonna like start talking about the new Toyota Prius or something after that one. <laughs> I was considered it, but this is not the time or the place. They're not, they're not a they're not a sponsor. We're uh, <laughs> not yet. Not I feel yet. like I'm back in a Zoom meeting at work again. I'm sitting in the same spot I worked all day. Like this, I, I do this to escape work, Dave. Uh, yeah. sorry, I don't want to hear about the efficiency and teamwork anymore. No, no. <laughs> collaboration. Uh, do you want to hear about uh, a guy named DK Metcalf? Yes, oh, please. That's, that's, uh, okay. Well, he had a, another. Uh, this is a, another great 2019 uh, rookie wide receiver in DK Metcalf. Uh, again, let's just quickly per, go for per PFF. Most receiving yards by rookie receivers in a season was 2014 of 13,000. That's a lot of. That's a big number. Uh, 2019. So all rookie receivers combined for 11,000. And then the what after that? That's a five year gap right there. And then before that, nineteen eighty seven, back when uh, back when geez. Dave knew football better. Yeah, Dave Jeff- might have known it. Yeah, Clayton and Jeffries and Coates and uh, Brown. Uh, yeah, so those guys. So and well, Steinbecker uh, and Kilgardson uh, yeah. and <laughs> Bart Starr. I think Bart right? Starr. Don't, don't forget Johnson, Jones, Smith, and Brown. Don't forget those yeah. guys. The law firm. I was, I was born then. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Do you guys view Metcalf as potential number one receiver on your dynasty roster, or is he more of a high end number two? Dave, That's what Dave, I want to know. Me, let me take this one, Dave. Please do. Yeah, yes. Yes. I definitely yes. Number Jason, one, yes. a million times yes. Okay. Okay. Jason, I love DK yes, Metcalf. He, play, he plays with Russell Wilson. I, he's got. He's, he's super talented. He's a bit raw coming into the NFL. I love what he did last year. I I really really love DK Metcalf. I don't know about his ADP and if I'll be drafting him near his ADP, but the shares I do already have in him. Oh, all oh, those shares. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, he to me he looks like he's clearly you know Lockett's passing the torch to him this year. And I mean, if you can get him as your second receiver in your on your team, oh man, that's. That's outstanding. But you know what? I'd still feel comfortable with him taking him as my first receiver in a dynasty startup. No question. The guy's in an, he's absolutely trending upwards. Yep. He looks Perfect. like Calvin Johnson, not like in ability. That's, that's a big name, Jay. Physique. He's All huge. Right. He's a he's a nightmare to guard. And that yeah. that will that'll translate to touchdowns. I think it would be a pleasure to guard him. Just to, I mean, out of, out of respect. You <laughs> just know? to be jump up and that. rub up against him and come back, yeah. come away with a bruise because he's fucking I mean, chiseled as shit. Like I said, you, get, you probably grade cheese on his abs. So yeah, yeah. I have time Parmesan too, a hard cheese. <laughs> Ooh, wow. So so his non super flex ADP. So just one quarterback leagues. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. going off as the thirty seventh player yep, right now. Yep. Okay. So wide That's receiver, the, he's in the wide receiver two it's wide res- conversation. Wide receiver, yeah, it's wide receiver sixteen. So he's wide in receiver the, sixteen. That's high. That's pretty high. Exactly. But in superflex, you're looking back may end not, of back end of wide receiver two, or back end of the uh, another two, round. Yeah. Essentially, you're looking about six six quarterbacks going there. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine high. with him there still, but that's high. But I think okay. he, he's a guy that you got a good value on last year, and he's not his value is kind of going to plateau. I think. 
yeah, I don't think I'm going to get him. I think that, but definitely can't argue the talent. Nope. Let's talk. Let's talk about another guy who starts with D, and there's a different letter, and it's not, and it's J instead of K, and then it's Moore instead of Metcalf. DJ Moore <laughs> is who I'm talking about. Uh, he's definitely someone you're going to be excited to, uh, excited about, not to him, but about him uh, in Dynasty. Turn, I think, just 23 years old recently. I sent his birthday card a few weeks ago. So, yeah, he's just turned 23. Uh, first round draft pedigree had 1,175 receiving yards last season. DJ Moore, go speaketh on him. If um, I'll say, like, I'm a big fan of DJ Moore. I think where he's going in uh, in startup drafts right now, though, I don't know if I want to buy. I've seen him going at the end of the first round, you know, early second round pick. Mm-hmm. And as much as I like him, the wide receiver class, it's just it's too full. Like you can wait until the third round to get AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. We're just talking about back of the second, Calvin Ridley, DJ Chark, or even wait till the fourth or fifth round to get a guy like Allen Robinson or Terry McLaurin, Kenny Galladay, even in the fourth round. I think I'd probably lean that way. But mm-hmm. if you own if you own DJ Moore, you have to be thrilled. Absolutely, you you definitely got some money in your investment there, and it's going to be interesting to see how he does with with Teddy Two Gloves too. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it could be good for him. I think he he might uh, he might come close to his value. But I'm just I, like Ty said, I'm not I'm not putting that uh, that investment in on him right now. I already own him in a couple of leagues. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not taking another share at that at that price. That's for sure. No, his price right now is already kind of marketed in, right? People are buying him where they think he's going to project to. So that's costly right now. But if he hits, you have a 23-year-old wide receiver who, you know, is still ascending. And um, Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Teddy, the Teddy Bridgewater thing. I think we talked about this a little bit before. Like, Teddy Bridgewater, like, throws to his number one wide receiver or number one running back 60% of the time. So yeah. DJ Moore is going to get fed. Absolutely. Hope he's hungry. Oh, there's just a lot of like Ty, Ty already stated like there's a lot of really good wide receivers behind him. Absolutely, that, yeah. That I don't feel like I'm losing out on like even like Allen Robinson. Like, yeah, he he is criminally underdrafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think my it's my startup cool. kind of my startup strategy right now. I'm gonna tell you guys as we head into the listener league against all three of you guys too. But Hi. it's usually kind of the draft. My first pick is often a wide receiver because I want the years that you can get out of that wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But I think after that, I'm looking. Maybe George Kittle, something like that, in the second round. A running back, even wait, wait, a quarterback, stop, stop, a superflex. Uh, I'm writing this down. One sec. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> right. I'm gonna help the listeners, even if it hurts me. <laughs> well, what a man. So that's kind of my strategy, and then wait till the fourth, fifth round for my wide receiver too. You know, if I can get Allen Robinson as my number two and take a wide receiver in the first round, like I'm ecstatic with that. I don't know if I have to take DJ Moore at the you know 14 overall sort of range. Definitely don't. Yep. Oh, I like that. It's good. There's, I got those names you're talking about, Galladay, McLaurin, those guys. I uh, love to have those guys on my team. It's a WR2. Um, how about this guy? We're going to switch positions here. We're going to stray away from the receiver. And I think this guy, if I'm not mistaken, is a tight end. His name is Darren Waller. He uh, plays for the Raiders. I want to say the Raiders. Am I right? Yeah, I think it's Raiders. Uh, I should you're, know you're right. You're right, Dave. I should know. I'm not that. looking at the video right now, but is Nick <laughs> shaking his head? Uh, All right, guys, talk about Darren Waller. Good story. It's a great story. I mean, mean, he finishes the T. He finishes the TE three last year. I mean, he was super productive. We saw he put up huge fantasy numbers. But the concern that we kind of talked to and alluded to before is is that because there was really no competition for targets at the wide receiver position. They've added Henry Ruggs, right? And they've added you know a few other guys. You know, Tyrell Williams maybe coming back from injury. Whether you know people probably laugh at that, but. 
it does matter. So I don't think he's going to get the volume that he's going to have last year. But I still think he's a fantasy-relevant guy. I mean, he's 27 oh, sure. years old. He's in that next tier of great, you know, after that first tier of, you know, Kittle, Kelsey, and my boy, <laughs> Mark Andrews. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he found a way to get him in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Cue up the Dave Tavon Austin comparison. Yeah. Cue up the Wall- Waller's the right there. there with the Engrams and the Goddards and those type guys. I mean, he's. I'm excited to see what he can do next year. I'm excited to find a sound effect for every time Nick talks about Mark Andrews, I'm going to play it. I mean, he's not wrong. There's no doubt about no. that. Mark Andrews is no, fucking not. awesome. But, I, but it's fun. I like sound effects. Yeah. So my only concern with Darren Waller, he had a 24% target share last year. That probably drops. So unless you're expecting uh, some positive regression in touchdowns, I think he only had three last year. That's kind of the only way he's going to retain anywhere near the value he had last year. And I don't see him doing that. Um, less than 10% of his 117 targets last season were in the red zone. He's the only tight end that had 50 or more targets to see less than 10% of his targets in the red zone. So they don't really use him that way. And touchdowns are really working for tight ends in fantasy. And I think if you look at his season last year, like he produced, but he produced really from yards after catch. And do you expect that to continue? Because that's that could be like a season to season dependent thing. You look at the top tight end since 2006 with yards per catch or yards after the catch in the season. George Kittle, 2018, 873. Rob Gronkowski, 2011 at 656. Kels, 2016, 652. Kittle, 2019, 621. And Darren Waller, 2019 at 594. That's a huge number. That is that is I, not a re- necessarily a repeatable number. That's very situational and season to season. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and I don't think they target him in open space to run with the football that often. I think they kind of got like a Henry Ruggs guy to do that. Yeah, Brian yeah. Edwards could work that out a slot doing that. So even Lynn Bowden. Oh, yeah. LB. Lynn oh, Bowden. Bowden, baby. All right. Speaking of a receiver, uh, just to complete my Rams campaign here, uh, I want to talk about Robert. <laughs> Dave only added Rams. I just know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see if you guys would pick up on that. Uh, Robert Woods. But let me. here's my argument, though. Robert Woods. Uh, yes, he is 28 years old. Um, not necessarily somebody you would think already hasn't, hasn't already hit their ceiling, but I think there's an argument to be made that this fine gentleman could be a top 10 fantasy receiver for the next two or three seasons. Uh, uh, chance start in a dynasty league, you probably get him a pretty good price. I find him a little bit undervalued usually. Uh, he's definitely due for some positive TD regression. He had two, two receiving tight end, uh, tight end, two receiving TDs and one rushing, I think. So he had three touchdowns last year, which, uh, I think he's going to definitely, uh, fix that next year. Uh, he was on the field 94% of the time. Now, when I looked at that number, there's some big names up there on that list for on the field for receivers, and he was right up there. So he's on the field. He's getting the snaps. He's got the talent. He's not injury prone, typically, uh, for any long period of time. He's the number one receiver in an offense that loves to pass the ball. Even when I think they were passing the ball a lot, they were passing the ball a lot. So between a snap count and being a top-rate uh, catch receiver, uh I think he's a good spot there, uh, fellas. He just needs to get in the end zone because if you look at fantasy and how it works, when you get in the end zone, you get more points. Just in case Whoa. you guys didn't know that. Slow down. I'm yeah, this down too. I'm sorry. I, I should have told you this earlier, but yes, yeah, to get more we, points. We had to start this recording over again. Wait a second. And all the wrong information. Guys, guys, <laughs> do dogs lay eggs? <laughs> well, of course they do. I think Dave's got a good point. I mean, Robert Woods, I, I like more this year, actually, than I did last year, especially with the, with the, with the vacancy that Brandon Cooks has left. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, obviously, Coop has a good role there, but I think it's a different role. They can definitely support both. 
Well, it's yeah. a different rule. If we if you look down the stretch, the way the Rams kind of designed their offense, they went to more of a two tight end set. And Robert Woods was playing the X on the outside. And it was actually Cooper Cup who saw snap shares drop. So mm-hmm. at the relative price, Cooper Cup is actually going ahead of Robert Woods in drafts. I'd much rather own Robert Woods. Robert right Woods. So Based on ADP, good. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Ty, you put in a good uh, thing you found on Twitter here for uh, do or die. Uh, do or do die. Or die. Ah, I got it. Very it's clever. It's clever. It's clever. It's clever. Uh, since 2014, Robert Woods has outperformed his dynasty ADP by an average of 21.5 slots. He's always underrated. So, yeah, again, a bit older, I, but I, I, I added the he's always underrated part to that. <laughs> Just like You're Dave, Robert Woods is always underrated. Thanks, yeah. Jay. Is that a compliment from Jay? It was. It was. Nope. Yeah. Some of his normal, normal compliments. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually a compliment, salt. Or I sandwich them. I tell you something great, and then I tell you you're an asshole, and then I tell you something great. No sting. So it's coming, buddy. You just wait. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, that rounds out our list. As always, no, no. Dave, Dave, stop. Stop. What? We're only at 49 minutes. We needed to get this at least two hours. So we have like two episodes. <laughs> so just Joe. talk more. Tell me more about Robert Woods. Tell me about his parents. Tell me how he grew up. <laughs> no, actually, let's keep it under an hour this time. This is incredible. Yeah, yes. four, four hours last week, so this, this is a good... Uh, yeah, ourselves yeah. on the back for that one, guys. Good job. Um, <laughs> but yes, it has always been a pleasure, always is a pleasure to talk and listen. I hope everyone has liked our episode this evening. Uh, if not, keep it to yourself, all right? Uh, only positive vibe here, vibes here. So if you didn't like it, keep it to yourself. Uh, and also, please click, uh, click like and subscribe to Home and Garden Magazine. <laughs> It's actually a very good magazine. I highly recommend it. I don't even own a home. I don't have a fucking garden. <laughs> own it. Get it. Dave or got a subscription for, for Christmas when he was eight years old. He just doesn't have the heart to cancel it. I don't. I can't. I don't even know how. They make it so fucking difficult. <laughs> the magazine industry is struggling, man. You can't cancel it. That's why I still have cat pants here. I don't have cat. <laughs> you, know, you know, Dave, the last time I was at your apartment, I opened a copy of Home and Garden, and it, the, all the pages were stuck together with tears. <laughs> You know Are you looking at these families and crying? You're really surprised what uh, turns you on. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that, that, tears, though, right? Oh, it's, it's not tears. Uh, do you have any? Do you even have any plants at home, Dave? Like I, I had a money tree plant. I finally killed it. It lasted two. <laughs> it lasted, lasted two years though. But apparently, apparently, when I got it, when I was with this this woman at the time, he says, "Get this money tree. They're really easy to maintain." I'm like, "Oh, sold. It looks nice. They're easy. You don't have to water it hardly ever." And I still managed to kill it. Uh, but it, I did get two years out of it. So did you do the same thing to the relationship in essence? Yeah. She wanted too much too soon. She's still alive though, right? Like unlike the money tree. Yeah. I was going to say. She's <laughs> doing fine. She's doing fine. Okay. Good. I know. Good. I have fake plants. I have a few fake plants. So I do like to add plants to it, but I think I'm going to get, I've actually talked to my buddy that we're going to get, so I'm going to get some real plants in here. Cause they have like, um, they eat up carbon dioxide. That's good. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> Science right there. Science. Right. D- you nailed D- it, Dave. <laughs> Dave just learned about photosynthesis, folks. Boom. <laughs> Better late than never. Oh, oh, God. God. You guys you guys crack me up. Good. I hope, I hope we crack the listeners up too. And uh, we've dragged this on an extra minute, and I'm proud of that. Yeah. There yeah. you go, guys. One an hour. A lot less yeah. than normal, though. Yep. For those uh, dropping with us, we'll see you guys uh, on Sunday. Absolutely. Great. Thanks for listening, Thanks folks. For boys, have a good one. This is the Dynasty Football Live Podcast.